All right, it is time for LeVac and Gaz. And uh, if you're sick of me already today, get in line. So am I. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is the most wonderful time of the sports year. Thank God for arena football because there's really nothing else to talk about in the world of sports. But uh, here we are. It is a Tech East Tuesday. Thanks to our friends at Tech East. Uh, TEFirewater.com, your best way back to normal. You can check us out on their Facebook page live or Godzilla Media's YouTube. And then if you want to listen to us later, uh, just, you know, pretty much anywhere you would get a podcast. Uh, you know, your mom's cabinet where she keeps her Maritalades, uh, you know, underneath dad's truck. You know, all the places. All the places. I don't know if I want to listen anymore. <laughs> I don't want to now. So there, <laughs> there it is. Uh, you want to start with this Empire thing? I mean, it looked, looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. Beat that Orlando Brothers team. We see here's the problem. You guys, you made this this uh this this banner here. It says Empire beat Orlando can become number one seed. We are the number one seed. We can we can control our own destiny and not lose it. But we at this moment, season ends right now. Number one seed is your Albany Empire. Home field advantage for the playoffs, Albany Empire. MVP Arena would host the game for the Albany Empire. We could get some matchups we want. I want to dive into that in a second, but let's go back to the Orlando game first because it's something I noted on the broadcast with Andrew Santilla. You were there, board side. Oh, yeah, I like that, board side yeah. during the game. Board shorts. There is something that I've noticed about the Empire for home games in particular that that second half, and Coach Manas and Coach Ware, everybody on the staff deserves credit for this. Second half in particular, Albany looks like they're in better shape. They look like they have better players. This is the second consecutive home game, and we can go further back, but these two in particular, the last two, where the other team, whether it's Ironman, whether it's coaching, second half adjustments, look gassed compared to Albany. Albany is running routes, Darius Prince and others. They're just blowing by people. The defense is setting it up, and nobody can score. I don't know what you've noticed from the field, but is, is that a, like a, a scheme? Is it the roster building from day one? Because the last few games, the second half has been completely dominated by Albany. And I think somebody deserves credit on that organization. You can take credit if you want. I, you know, I, I do like having credit. Um, well, remember, this is kind of what, what the deal with this team has been. You know, if you remember last year, there were always halftime adjustments made on the defense that changed things, right? Um, this year, you're seeing it start to be a thing, too, where the defense will lamp, will, will clamp down a little bit more in the second half. Um, I think coach summed it up really, really well today on the coaches show. And he said, we just don't like to make things easy for ourselves. So it's almost like they, like our team goes out there and goes, all right, sure. We're behind two, three scores now. All right, let's go. You know, like they just, they it's just, they, I think they know how good they are. And every once in a while, it's like, they just kind of play the level of the competition for a minute or two. And then all of a sudden, boom, they lock it in and they go after it. I got nervous in that first half because Orlando could not stop scoring. Their quarterback Parsons, there was some talk in our pregame a little bit, like who's going to play quarterback for Orlando? They had three guys listed at quarterback going into the game. Like this, the sheet that was submitted to us had three options at quarterback. So me and Andrew were like, we're pretty sure it's Parsons. And the guy <laughs> goes out there and throws more touchdowns in the first half than he'd thrown the entire season. Like, uh-oh. I know we mentioned trap game during our pregame show. We're like, uh, but no. I, I like that answer coach gave you today. They just want to keep it a little bit entertaining yeah. for the home crowd, I guess, sometimes. Don't, they don't make it easy on ourselves. And, <clears throat> you know, he mentioned, he goes, some of the adjustments were small ones, stuff like that. Um, 
it, it's just yeah it's it, it seems to be the mo of this team like like uh slow starters you know great finishers whatever you want to call it but it's hey as long as it keeps ending in w's all good let's keep it rolling uh I, i'm a little curious about this uh instacam uh hey guys loved that name you gave me what name did you give cam fan of the year i you gave him the fan, fan of the, of the year i did they cut the cam during the home broadcast, and I was like, there he is. There's my guy, Cam. Cam, fan of the year for the Albany. I'm pretty sure that's what Cam's talking about. I think that's the reference he means there. All unless right. there was, a, unless I said something else that my microphone was on that I didn't realize, but for sure I called him the fan of the year. Uh, he's in the running. He's in the running. He's not officially named fan of the year yet. Okay. All right. There's a, there's some people in the running for that title that I, I you know, listen, let's not, the let's amazing not give it away. Of- let's not give it away. The amazing part about Cam, though, is that Cam went from one side of the field. And Cam, if you were still watching, you had to let us know how you did this. The last home game, he was near where the kicks were going when Vodka was kicking it. So I guess I'd call that the the east side of the arena. And then yeah. last week, he was at the west side of the arena. So I don't know if he moves throughout the game like a, like a baseball player dad like wants to see the different parts of the ballpark or he has to see. I feel like he's moving around. Maybe it's just our view from the press box or whatever. Cam, let me know if you're moving around during the games, which is totally fine. You want to hang out with the Empire fans? That's cool. I know Charlotte's in the mix for fan of the year, too. She sent me a very nice note about my grammar during the pregame show. I got to tell you, there's another one that you just – I can't believe you're not saying. And and it's – you know, he he challenged me at the right time. Uh, he's He's gone to, to bat for me online. Coach? Hal. Coach yeah. Hal. I mean, he's got to be in – he's got to be one of the finalists right there. I You know, I don't know if any of them are fan enough to get a championship ring, but we'll have to see. You know, we'll have to see how that how that goes. I don't know. Uh, it's uh, here's Ryan. Uh, check it out. It's Levac and McClowski. If you enjoy CBS Six Sports and you watch with Cole's captioning on, that's how they've been spelling my name. Oh, really? <laughs> that's hysterical. Tom McClowski. That is phenomenal. I love it. Um, how about? Oh, this is Instacam. Oh, I'm always moving around. I'm a loose zoo animal during the games. All right, somebody make sure you clean up after after our guy Cam after Ooh. the games. Um, I, I just like I said, I, I think Orlando is 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 a is an exciting team when you see some of the things they can do. It was it was really good to see Richie Anderson. Richie Anderson started the season with us. I love that guy. Um, I was really sad when he got traded, but you know I don't really obviously get involved in those things. And the roster, how are you going to argue with what our roster looks like? So it was good to see him. It was good to see him play well, not well enough to beat us. Um, but like it's a, I have a closeness with that Orlando organization. So when they're in town, like I want to beat them, but it is always good to see them. And then, you know, Rashad Miller was there and he had that, he took that nasty hit from, from Trayvon shorts. That, that hit was amazing. Um, it, it's a, it's a good organization. It was a good win and it continues the domination of the empire over the predators as we have never lost to them. The 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 Albany Empire have never lost to the Orlando Predators. Isn't that the and first time you guys have played? No, the Predators played all last season. We played this year. We played down in Orlando. Oh, I wasn't there for that game, so yeah, in my no, mind it like, didn't happen. There's two teams in the NAL that have never beat the Albany Empire ever. Orlando's one, correct? This was a yeah. trivia question on the show earlier today. Jack, Paul no, Deere Jack will beat them last year. Tickets. Columbus. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. So <clears throat> we uh so you know obviously like 
Columbus is this weird rival because it was the championship game, and and now they've got Mason back, so they're kind of they're they're starting to steam up the the standings. Um, Orlando is just fun because like it's a brother rivalry. Like you know, the ownership group is is a big reason that the Empire's here, and uh, their GM Casey's a friend of mine. And every time that our beautiful, talented empresses come out to uh, welcome to the jungle, he throws an absolute hissy fit because they come out to welcome to the jungle. And I said, and he's like, you need to find a new song. And I said, you need to beat us before you can make a demand. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so that's, <clears throat> that's where we're at. They still can't make demands. So there you go. He, he actually texted me on Sunday. He goes, we need to merge these teams and make a mega team. I'm like, bro, we're about to win back-to-back championships, back-to-back-to-back. I already have that. I don't need you. Thank you though. Um, <laughs> no, so, it's, it's cool. So if my math adds correct here, I'm not sure if you went through these scenarios with the coach, but simple and easy. If the Albany Empire win this weekend, Saturday, hosting the San Antonio Gunslingers, we hope you're there, 7 o'clock, 3.30 to 5, pregame show, all that stuff. Win Education professionals, right? Yes, yep, win at the top. So uh, Jacksonville and Carolina, one of those teams will not be the number one seed because they play each other. So, like, one of them is going to lose. So they can't be the number yep. one seed. The only and team they, that can top us is, is Carolina. So the Empire have locked in at least one Home we're, at worst, we're, yeah, at worst, we're the two seed. Right, <clears throat> we can't be lower than the two seed. Um, again, and if if I think even if we lose, if Jacksonville were to beat Carolina, I think we still get the one seed. I'd have to look at it. But if we win, we're we win, we're the one seed, which means not only do we host on the thirtieth, we also would host on August thirteenth at the MVP Arena. I've got some questions here that are coming in, and I want to get to them from our guy, Tommy Gross. He's got a great question. I want to tell you about SeatGeek.com first, though. SeatGeek.com, your place this summer. You're looking for tickets, S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K.com. SeatGeek.com, promo code GOZ, G-O-Z. Your first purchase over $50, you get $20 off. Promo code GOZ, G-O-Z, at SeatGeek.com. Quick one there for SeatGeek. Uh, right. This is a long question. That's why I got out of the way for this. I'm going to hit it, LeVac. I'm going to steal okay. your thunder here. Do it. Do it. I'm uh, for our audio audience, I'll read it. I have two non-Empire questions for you guys if you've seen them. First question, what do you think of the craziness at the end of the Jacksonville Sharks-San Antonio Gunslinger game with the Sharks player intentionally running into the ref then fans throwing stuff at the players at the end of the game? Second question, so what do you think of the refs overturning a call after looking at it when it went back to look at it to overturn the overturn in the Lions-Cobras game? First, we'll go with Wilson. Um, there's, it's you know, as per usual when you when you see the outrage online, um, it's usually somewhere between both levels of outrage. Like some, you know, if you're a Jacksonville fan, they're like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. We're all mad at the ref. So what if he ran into the ref intentionally? Uh, and then you see everybody else. It's like burn the witch, you know. Like it's so I, I he's suspended indefinitely. I think there's no chance he'll he'll play this season at all, which I think is fair. Um, but after that, it is what it is. You know, I, I think it was gross. Like it shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have happened. The <clears throat> when you blindside anybody, you run the risk of hurting them. But at least like football players are in pads and they're they know there's collisions coming. Refs know they could get hit. You shouldn't be blindsiding a ref and just running them over. It just shouldn't be happening. Wait a second. Wait a second. I gotta I gotta just to add some clarity here for some people who have not seen it. When I first heard Tom Gross address this, and some people may have as well, intentionally running into the official, that sounds like okay, like I guess he's a basketball comparison. Like he's trying to take a charge, like, oh, I didn't see the ref. Oh, I'll fall, now flag, stop the clock. You're saying you it looked like it was a cheap well, shot. Veered. Like he no, he yeah. hit him. 
Yeah, he no. hit him on purpose. I don't think there's anybody who's debating that. I don't think there's <clears throat> there's no you, you can see the ref has his back turn. Wilson is running up the field, and Wilson veers into him and puts him on his ass. Well, his face. And it was dirty. It was it was frustration. He boiled over. That guy is a hell of a player. He's he's a hell of an athlete. Um, he's he was clearly frustrated. The ref's calls have been the story almost in the entire season, but you can't do that. You just can't, you know. <clears throat> I think what happens is it's almost like a survivor or big brother or whatever. You forget there's cameras on you at all times. And you probably think to himself, I just brush this dude, put him on his put him on his tuckus real quick, everything will be fine. And it turns out he hit him pretty good, and everybody saw it. So yeah, so he's got original report was a suspension of four games. Um, I'm hearing now it's more of an indefinite suspension while they figure out exactly how long it's going to be. But there's very little chance one of the best players in the game, one of the best players in Jacksonville is going to suit up the rest of the year. He should be done for the season. If it's an intentional hit, he should be done for the season. I mean, that's an easy one. Like, you can't give him a one-game suspension. He should be done. And a potential ban from the league. Like, it should be that far if you're going after officials. You just can't have it. You should threaten it. You should threaten it. I don't think it should be, you know, barring if he comes back and says, screw you, I'll hit whatever ref I want, they suck. Yeah, you're done. You're toast. It's out. You didn't get it. He goes back and says, I lost my temper. I screwed up. I shouldn't have done that. Because he did apologize to the ref afterwards. And I think the ref didn't – you know, I would have I would have loved to have seen the ref's reaction to the video. Because you you do – you're a ref. You know you're you're the field of play. You can get run over. It happens. Um, but I think I think once he – if he sees it, it's fairly clear he was targeted. And it will be very interesting to see, you know, how this all how this all fleshes out. I don't foresee Wilson being gone more than a game or two next year on top of this year. But, yeah, definitely the rest of this year. Second question. I believe he's referencing the final extra point play by Columbus where it's 46 to 45. Espinosa throws it in the back of the end zone. The receiver, like, juggles it a little bit from the broadcast side because Andrew and I were watching the end of the game. I know a lot of players are on the field watching the end of that game, too. I believe it was marked no good. Then it was overturned. Then it was taken off. I, if that's the call he's talking about, get it right. Like if you thought right. you got it wrong on the field, then you have to go back and check it a second time or an official saw something on a camera or somebody gets in their ear and says, we got a better look at this, get it right. If that's the call he's talking about. I think that stands for any call in the NAL or any professional sports league. If you get an angle and you get it right, that's the goal of a review is to get the call right. And especially yeah. with that one with playoff implications and everything else. I mean, yeah, whatever it takes to get the call right. You know, if you've got to – you know, review it multiple times. If you have to, you know, call the commissioner and then drag every uh, umpire and referee off the field so they can get on the phone with the commissioner in the middle of a game. And then, you know, Hey, whatever it takes to get the call, right. I mean, that's, that's the way I see it. Um, <clears throat> do I need to hit the back button on my audio side to catch, you know, I'll just, I'm, I'll leave that. Follow you up saw there. it. You saw yeah, it. I, saw I mean, it. it was, it was interesting. The, the refs reviewed pass interference. <laughs> It's just not oh, a rule you're in this talking, league. Oh, you're talking about the Empire call yeah. about Orlando. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Our uh, our esteemed the owner of the Empire, one one Michael Corda. He doesn't like to be called Michael, by the way. That might pay. I might pay for that later. Um, you know, got on the phone with with Commissioner Chris Siegfried, yelled at the ump, told him, "Look, this is wrong." Commissioner said it's wrong. He said, "You got him on the phone." He says, "I do." Why don't you come talk to him? And uh, then Mike turned to. Uh, Caroline Perry, the director of game day ops, and myself, and said, Get out on the field and do something. Um, and we went, What are you talking about? He said, Go throw some freaking t shirts or something, go do something. And uh, we did that. And the refs huddled up on Mike's cell phone with the commissioner and 
were uh, rules were clarified. Wow. That is not what we thought happened on the broadcast. I think I what need did a you guys line. think happened? We assumed it was a ball situation Mm-mm. because we had known during the game that there well, was. That'll a- be next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we assumed it was something with the balls because while that was going on, we were looking for the ball. And I actually might have leaned into Andrew and said, like, hey, I don't see a ball on the field. And we were like, oh, okay. Like they're looking for balls. Like they don't know where they actually are. Mm. That's what we assumed on the broadcast. I guess I got to start texting down to somebody. Like if that happens again, I, I, obviously you're busy and Mike's busy. I'm going to have to start hitting up CP and being like, hey, uh, what's going on down there? I, I looked at my phone when I got back off the field from whatever the hell it was. Like we did one of the games. I don't even remember which one anymore. And I had like, I don't know, like 15 text messages and three or four missed calls. And they were all people who were in the arena going, what the hell is going on? Um, and, you know, uh, the other pride of Hobart, VP Matt Woods and I are, are high five. And that's all. That's all. Because listen, with the way this year has gone, I actually, I, I have a lot of respect for Commissioner Siegfried and the refs in this situation, because with the way this year has gone, the refs have been the story of every freaking game at some point in some way. Not not our last home game. Our last home game, the refs were not the story. But, like, to have a scenario where it's like, oh, there's clarification? All right, let's go. Let's do it. Like, that takes that takes a certain level of humility. That takes a certain level of pride in what you do that I was, I was impressed that it all came together that way. I really, really was. I thought it was great that they – I mean, they didn't get to change what they did. It was already too late. But we knew from moving forward that, you know, you can't review a non-called play. <laughs> like, oh, there's, you didn't call pass interference? You should have. Okay, let's review it. No, 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 no. And Okay, so I guess we got to chop up that story because when Mike came on the field, we thought it was a ball issue. That call you're talking about, we nailed that on the broadcast. Yeah. We said something's not making sense here. They're trying to call. And the referee didn't do the best job getting on the mic and explaining what happened when he actually turned to the crowd and said, like, pass interfere you didn't call it. what uh, okay. right all right right you didn't call uh, it not not you called it we're trying to overturn it you didn't call it at all and then you're like oh okay yeah there it is no 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 no, 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 no. uh you could say it doesn't matter to you or we're on to san antonio and maybe you don't have the answer to this truly do we know why some of the former albany empire players did not play in that carolina game i'm talking about like grady <clears throat> and malachi jones was that great like played okay so Let's, Great let's, play, he got hurt. Okay, because from our stats, we were being fed from right, Carolina. You couldn't watch. Right. So I went home and watched that night because I was definitely intrigued um, in the whole situation. As I as as I told you, you know, Grady sent me um, sent me a nice text like, "Hey, look, I know there's stuff going on online. It has nothing to do with me. All love, good luck." And it was like same reciprocated. Um, yeah, Grady got hit uh, in the legs by Starks. From Columbia, Columbus. I keep going, I'm saying Columbia. Um, and he, you know, he lipped off the field. So he he was unable to finish the game. Okay. The reason we asked that is because during that broadcast, I, I like doing it this way, by the way, because I hope fans are enjoying like you hearing like the real behind the scenes stuff that what goes on during a yeah, weekend. I'm definitely going to get in trouble at some point. I say way more than I'm supposed to, but. Well, from our stats side, what happened was we get the lineup submitted to us like, hey, broadcasters, here's who's going to be in the game. Here's who's going where. Like, that's just a part of how the league is set up. So, when we got our initial stat sheet, Grady wasn't listed. And then during the game, there was like a two quarterback situation going from the stats we were being fed from that Carolina Columbus game. And Grady's name never appeared on the stat sheet. So we're like, okay, well, if he's not on the stat sheet, then he's not playing. Now there were other guys listed. I believe, I believe Maurice Leggett was listed, but Hills and Jones 
were not listed. So Hill's that's why played. they Hills right. got a touchdown. Well, there you go. So there must have been a situation um, with jersey numbers that somebody yeah. on on Columbus or Carolina got confused and was putting the wrong players down during the game. I can't think of the guy's name, but the guy who originally wore number four, um, he's a wide receiver. He's a captain on the team. I, it, I, it's for his, his name's escaping me. I apologize. He switched to number six, and he ended up coming in and playing quarterback after Grady got hurt and throwing a touchdown. He's a wide receiver. Then, you know, then then uh, last chance you came back in, and he played the rest of the game. Willie Henry. Yeah, last chance you. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not sure how serious the injury is to Grady at this point. Um, I've I've heard it's I, I've heard through channels. There's a chance he doesn't play the rest of this year already. But um, I I just don't I don't know that. It's just speculation. But it's um. It sucks because he, you, you want to beat him. You know what I mean. Like if he's going to be back, you want to beat him. You don't want it. You don't want him to be out because of, because he gets hit in the legs. But um, it's a different league too. Like the when you got when you have a guy as good as Grady, who's not a mobile quarterback, but he is. He's got the one of the quickest releases. He's like we joke because of the because the name similarities. But Tom Brady, Tom Brady's not mobile. But Tom Brady's got a quick release, right? So he's gonna he's gonna make you look better. Give him give him two seconds. He's gonna find the open receiver and put it in their hands. You get a guy like Grady who, you know, he doesn't know these receivers. He knows Joe Hills. Joe Hills was out there, but he doesn't. Malachi's not out there yet. And as good as Ings and DJ Myers and everybody else is, he's not used to playing with them. At least not this year. The timing's not there. He needs two three seconds. You know, he needs a little extra time. And when you've got Ironman football, there's a chance that you don't have the top offensive line out there. That's why Sam Castronova's ability to run is so valuable. Arvell Nelson, same thing. Uh, last chance you can can run a little bit. So, you know, Grady was put behind the eight ball from the rip. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, can he, can he heal up and be back? Or, you know, did he come out, make a couple plays, and is he done? I don't know. We'll have to see. We will see. All right. That they, there's a lot of storylines going into this final week of the regular season, man. I knew there was with like playoff scenarios and who could go where Actually, and how this could is it all interesting. End up. You like this question by Cam? I do. I do too. Uh, Cam said, "If I see Grady come back to Albany, if we face Carolina again, I won't boo him. I'm pretty sure everyone else will. I don't know. I don't think he gets booed." I don't think Grady gets booed. I think some people might boo him just because he signed with another team. But I just like he he just decided to play and there was an opening. I, I didn't understand the outrage with him signing or Carolina signing him. Like that's the most NFL story there is. I've got a number one team in the league. I lose my star quarterback. Oh, look, here's a star quarterback who isn't playing. I'm gonna go sign him. Like that's that's it's like it's the number one thing out there. Happens all the time. Yeah, it makes sense. And Albany's in a great spot right now with Castronova, and he's playing really well. He shouldn't right. like he should be the quarterback of the team. It totally makes sense. Yeah, to the Grady point, boy, I love that question by Cam. We've got some good questions this year. I think that's one of the most intriguing questions we've got because something's happened with sports fans over the course of the what the last four to three years, where like booing an athlete has become like faux pas, taboo. Right. Like, oh, what do right. you mean you're booing right. them? Don't you? Like everybody has to get honored at every former team. Like, thanks for the memories, Jared Jeffries. You know, like some random athlete who played there for like two years for the Knicks. Right. Like we need to 
in honor of Kyrie. Like, I don't know. I mean, look, maybe it's egos. Maybe it's for sports. Maybe it's social media. I don't know. You got to get the what's the I don't know if you watch the show, Dave, called the Gander. Like, you got to make sure you look good. The Gander. Oh, uh, I think he'd get booed. And I feel like Tommy Grady's in an age where he would take that as a compliment. Like, hey, I'm the opposing quarterback, one of the great players of all time playing against the home team. Right. And I'm the well, quarterback. I can, like, I don't mind I, if they boo me. I can damn sure guarantee you, you show up in a different jersey. You're not getting honored. No. You know, if like after he's like 100% done with his career, if he wants to come back now that he's been reinstated by the league and we'll throw a nice party in his honor. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of some fun ways to honor guys. I don't want to do it the way everyone else has always done it. I don't want to just do retired jerseys and everything. I have some ideas of what I want to do. Um, I would I would love to honor him in the future. But if you come in as a member of the Carolina Cobras, I didn't come here to cheer you. I came here to boo you. Like, and, and it's, it is funny. Like the one, the one cool thing about having guys from last year's team and some of the guys who have moved since come in and sit on the other bench on the field after the game, are like, damn, Albany fans are in ruthless. And it's like, I'm like, dude, there's a reason we call them the Pearl street bullies, baby. Like that's, that's what's up. Like you, and it's, and it's not disrespectful. I might, they may say disrespectful things. Don't get me wrong. But it's hey, we came here to have an effect. Like we are the ninth man. Like other other places may sell ninth man jerseys. The ninth man sits in the stands at Pearl Street, my friend. The Pearl Street bullies are the ninth man, and they will get in your head if they get the chance. I love those guys. You know, my my, oh my we talked about a lot of the fun fans for the Albany Empire. That crew behind the scores table, led by our pal Kyle, is Harambe. Harambe is one of the funniest. Those guys, the, the Star Troopers helmets on and stuff. Oh my goodness, those guys crack me. The Vuvuzela that breaks out from time to time and every yeah, no, it's great. And they say stuff too. Like yeah, they're crazy. Like when Jacksonville was in town, they tried to get into the stands to get after him. I still don't know what was said that day, but I've been trying to get him a bunch of shirts since. Um, it's uh, it's yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't think Grady gets booed though. At least not by a lot. I think people still love him for what he did in nineteen and twenty one. What do you think? Honored. They still got some things to figure out. They got Jacksonville coming up, and then they might yep. potentially play Jacksonville again. There's a lot of scenarios Carolina's got to get through before that NAL championship. They could, and, if I'm not mistaken, they could fall away to four. Yeah, we could see them actually in the first week of the playoffs if, if we win and they lose and Columbus yes. wins. So I mean, it's crazy. It's a crazy, it's a crazy year in the NAL, but it it does feel right to see the Empire logo at the top of the standings where it belongs. 3.30 to 5 on Saturday. Pre-game show, 7 o'clock kickoff. LeVac the guys. Gata show. No, Occasionally the speaking, LeVac parts. I got I got a question about the Yankees and the Mets coming up for you for something that happened this week. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Mohawk Honda. They're buying your vehicle this summer. You can trade in your vehicle. What if I what don't want to sell my vehicle? Uh, they're going to show up to your house and take it. No! You a check. They won't take it. Whether it's Glenville, whether it's Mohawk, Chevy, out in Malta, they want to help you this summer. Trade in your vehicle and get a new one right around the Capital Region. I got a summer road trip coming up. I don't have to worry about it. The 2022 Pilot is what I'm driving. Mm-hmm. You can have the same bragging right for yourself. Stop in. Make that appointment. Open on the weekends. Find that time this summer to take advantage of this weird spot in the supply chain. Mohawk Honda, shout out to Mohawk Chevy, all the great people from Andy Gelcher, Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna, Lindsey Harrodin, my Nika Nader killing it on social media. Those guys continue to do some awesome stuff. Mohawk Honda, Mohawk Chevy, where they always go out of their way to please you. Always. 
go out of their way to please you. Actually, they will be taking my truck for a couple days at the collision oh. center to do a paint job, but that's it. That's it. Did you get a chance to watch the home run derby? I did watch the home run derby. Um, it was good. It went fast, which is nice. Like I, I appreciate when that's they go what fast. she said. Yeah, she does because she's a whore. Um, it was cool. I wanted. I like. I went from. I can't believe Albert Pujols is is hitting home runs again to like really rooting for the old fart. And uh, so, you know, if I wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be, a, a, you know, Pete Alonso, I wanted it to be Albert Pujols. And then it was neither. It was, it was all right. It was okay. It was all right. You love a good conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Do you think the fix was in for Pujols at some points last night? Like, sure. I did. I did. I was about okay. to send that message okay. out. Um, I was, because um, in the office earlier that day, um, you know, Matt Woods and a couple other guys like Pools. Anybody against Pools in the first round is a lock. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is going to win the whole damn thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there going, I might wrap it for the old man. I think Kyle Schwarber 100% laid down for Albert Pools. I think he 100% laid down for Pools. All right. We all agree on that. Okay. Yeah. Schwarber, if you had to go with like Pete Alonzo, and I'll get to him in a second. We'll get to him in a second. Schwarber is like a guy who is built to hit home runs. Like he, that is his thing. That's he's not. That's a, all he's there for. He's not an average guy. I still remember the bomb he hit. Boy, it's got to be 2016's NLCS where he put the thing like over the scoreboard in Chicago, and they just left the ball the, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just stayed on top. That was awesome. He's just out there smashing dinger. So like, yeah, Schwarber versus Pulhos. It didn't make sense. And then there's a point, I believe, in the semis. It's so uh, Juan Soto versus Pulhos, and you're like, you know, like the pace doesn't make sense here. Like. He's going too slow. Albert Pujols is about to go to the finals, and we're talking about like a four hundred million dollar contract guy. This doesn't, and eventually he gets beat. It almost felt like, and this hurts as an Oriole fan. This is like 02, I think the uh, All Star game, the moment where like it was Jeter and Ripken switched spots on the infield, so he let Ripken play short instead of third. It and was, then, um, it was. I thought it was a Rod. It was a Rod. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was a Rod. As much as I love to give credit to a better person. And then uh, that pitcher grooved in a pitch to Ripken, and he ripped it for a home run. Just absolutely. Yeah. You're not going to hit one out. Right. Right. Batting practice stuff. It, like the NBA, we see it all the time. Like a hometown guy or a final all-star game, they like give him the ball constantly. This isn't like the most. Okay. Juan Soto won, but I'm glad we agreed on the point that Bull Hose almost blew. What do you think about Pete Alonso being a weirdo? Have you seen these clips of Pete Alonso? <laughs> what's it? No. What's he doing? So Pete Alonso during the breaks of the home run derby would go in and start deadlifting. Yeah. The New York Mets weirdo. He's as they said, he's activating his legs. What about him staring off into like a trance during the home run derby? Staying in the zone, man. You know, he, he, a lot of pressure. He won. He was going for number three. So I, like, I think you're judging, I, you're judging the polar bear inappropriately. My friend, if it's the NLCS, the world series, a playoff game, you got to find ways to hype yourself up. No judgment here. The home run derby, maybe maybe a little too intense. It, it's maybe a million a dollars on the line, buddy. Come on now. A too much. It's a million dollars. Maybe you know what I feel about. I know it doesn't like, mean much in Godzilla Media Land with all the money you're raking in. You know, all the money you're taking from us now. Your TV star over on CBS Six, the Upstate Sports Edge. Million dollars means something to a guy like Pete Pete Alonzo, the polar bear. Global warming. He doesn't know where he's going to live soon. I don't think that's how that works. You don't know. Maybe it's because the cameras filmed it. 
you know, like nothing says I don't want anybody to know about this than posting it immediately on social media. Dude, I just love like you. There's this like moment that he's like dialed in and focused and you're judging him when you legitimately sit like an orangutan when no one's looking and you're calling Pete Alonzo a, a weirdo. This isn't a normal way to look during a podcast. <laughs> I can't wait till the bench warmers podcast comes out. Where oh, no, no, no. What a don't, send you the, are. don't send the visual of that. No, the weird, you're such a weirdo. Like you, your, your phone dies. You end up in your car. And you're like in the dark, and you just keep coming out of the dark. Like you're just, it was like creepy as all hell. It was weird, man. The only, the last guy I saw do an entire podcast from his car was that dude from Inside the Walls. So, Zach? No, Jim is always in his car. Is it? Is it Jim and Jim, Zach? Yeah. Zach is always in front of a white sheet. Jim is always in his car. What's up with those guys? Are they mad at us? They used to be a part of the show all the time. And then I don't know. Jim's been sick a lot. Apparently. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. He's had like the, I don't know if he said the Ronas or, or monkey what. pox, I believe yeah, it is. It might, might, might be monkey pox. Um, plus it's, you know, Jacksonville's almost out of it. So who cares? You know, I mentioned, <laughs> take that Jim. you know, I mentioned Juan said a 15 year, $440 million contract. Yeah. He said, no. Uh, our pal Buster. Well, average annual salary was not great. I mean, come on. No, it was. Could have been better. They could have uh, step your game up. Our buddy Buster Only from ESPN might have taken some heat on social media. Do you think it was appropriate that Buster, after the guy won the home run derby, to ask him about what your future might be? Buster asked some variation. I know there's questions, Juan, about your future and where you might end up, but what does this mean? It's like he, he kind of he asked it. He asked it. And so it was like, I'm not even worried about that. I'm going to celebrate tonight, blah, blah, blah. So I guess two part question. One, you cool with Buster asking that question after the home run derby? And two, you think he's going to finish the season as a national? His contract ends in 2024 for some right. perspective. So so first things first. If Buster didn't ask what your future is, nerds like you would be on here going, how the hell you got a microphone in the guy's face so you don't ask him where he's going? What's wrong with you? And like the fact that he did ask, everybody's like, oh, my God, let the guy enjoy the home run derby. Like that was a no-win situation for Buster. No win situation. He did the best he can do, as he always does. Um, do I think he's going to end the season with the Nationals? Nah. I think there's a lot. Well, because why? Like, why would you? You know, you, you know, it, get what you can get, and you're you're going to get a lot. I think from somebody. It's, you know, I don't know if the Yankees are a real player for that for him, unless it's one of those situations where you bring him in and you know. If you do the extension right, you'll be out from underneath something, you know, whether it be Stanton's money or, or you know, maybe Cole's money is structured different than we realize. Or you think there's a chance you're not going to re-up Judge, uh, which I would rather have Judge than Soto because he's mine. He's our guy. But Soto is amazing. Um, I know the Mets think they're going to somehow get him, but the price I would charge the Mets to have a guy like that on their roster and not make him at least go into free agency to grab him would be obscene. It would be obscene. Like everybody who cried about the clinic, you know, trade and all that other crap. Oh, get ready. Cause if I'm the Nats, I'm taking everything. Like I'm going to make you change the name of the rumble ponies just cause I don't like it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm gonna let you keep it. I'm going to, I'm not, but I want to be the pretty rumble ponies from now on. If you want Soto. Petting the rumble pony. Yeah. That's right. My little right. pony. It's good. Yep. Done deal. <laughs> Here's I guess I'm confused by Washington, the Soto, when he gets dealt. Because we just had gone through this a few years ago with Harper. Like, Harper was a big-time prospect who they knew was going to leave. And I remember you and I had a show 
and it was the day it was Harper and Machado were both mm-hmm. coming up. But that trade deadline, they're like, they're both going to get dealt. I think Cleveland was the top contender for Harper. And I want to say it was still the Dodgers. We ended up, well, Machado got traded to the Dodgers. So yeah, you end up getting traded anyways. But the Nationals decided not to deal Harper. So I wonder if they look back and think, okay, we made a mistake. Like we got nothing out of this all-time great player. But the next season they won the World Series. So hearing those stats of like, why aren't they trading Soto or why are their minor league system must be in shambles. Like, remember, the Nationals were the people that first started the idea of, like, holding off a player and putting a guy on a pitch count and right. an inning limit, Strasburg. And, and you could argue whether or not that actually damaged his career, even though he got paid double. He got monster contracts, so he, right. he's, he's fine. But he's never been what you thought he'd be. Exactly. So you wonder if, like, that whole system of what the Nationals did really didn't pay off. But, again, they had the World Series. I would right. say he finishes this season because a lot of the stuff you just said, the Mets – they don't need them. They're good enough without them right now. Uh, the Yankees have a situation they got to figure out with Judge. I'm trying to think of another team. Houston? I don't know what their minor league system looks like anymore because it was so good for so long. Uh, I don't see a, a fit for him in 2022. And he's got, like I said, 2024 is when the contract ends. So they got another whole summer to do this. But here's the thing. Like, what did you learn? Like, seriously, like, like did they learn anything from – Harper because it was like all right we're not gonna let you we made you a huge offer but we're not gonna let you go okay what's your new offer oh no no no, we're not gonna make you a new offer we made you a huge offer we're not letting you go you you uh, you're gonna go to your room you're gonna think about what you've done and you're gonna take your offer well that never happened he's a Philly you know there you go so Soto we made you a huge offer we're not gonna let you go go to your room think about what you've done okay you're gonna come back with another offer or you're gonna trade me because you got to do something different this time. You can't, you can't, you know, the definition of insanity, repeat the same actions over and over and expect a different result. Okay, all right, we got one of the best young players in the game, maybe the best young player in the game. Let's do the exact th- same thing we did with the last one. That's stupid. It's just stupid. So whatever they do, I just, I have, I can't help but think that they're starting to be like the Ravens in the NFL. Almost every year in free agency, the Ravens in the NFL will let in a, a superior offensive lineman leave the organization, whether it be through a, a, a meaningless trade or just free agency. And we all sit here and go, how the hell are you going to let Staley this one? That one? How are you going to let that guy go? And then they just bring him another one. So like, do, do the nationals think that like, all right, these you know, Harper's and Soto's grow on trees. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We don't need them. They've done we it three can... times. Strasburg, yeah. Harper, and Soto. That's a lot of faith and finding another huge prospect. And they've dealt a lot of guys away I actually was covering the that was the old back in the day where they had like seven pitchers and they just had to start dealing them because they were all too good because Strasburg and the actual veterans they had had to deal it away. If you can do that again, Washington, I know our guy Cam loves his nationals. Good for that man. Uh, I want to ask you about Judge and Stanton and all the Yankees in tonight's All Star game. But before we do that, I want to give love to Jerry Lozier over at Northeastern Insurance. You're looking to save Jared money. Lozier, ha! boom, roasted. J-A-R-E-D-L at nemail.com. We did see Jared at the hideaway this past weekend. His um, man region was protected, which is always good. <laughs> good for you, Jared. Jared man region Lozier. You survived the hideaway. If you want to save cash for real, especially if you've got that summer vacation coming, you're maybe starting to start spending some more cash on some wagers coming up, want that more expendable income. It starts with your insurance policies. Shop the market for you. 
one phone call. Simple and easy. 518-956-3753. 518-956-3753. Jared Lozier at Northeastern Insurance. One more time for the email. J-A-R-E-D-L at N-E-Mail.com. Northeastern Insurance. Proud sponsors. LeVac and Goss. Shout out to our guy, Jared. Our guy, Ryan McCarthy, just sent me a picture of Coach and I after the game this week. I don't know if you can see it. Coach literally, I remember this exact second. Coach just goes, they're trying to kill me. <laughs> because of how like, like how, how those first halves go and everything. That might have to be a profile pic or banner pic on your social media. That's a I great just photo. Coach. I just sent oh, it to that's Coach. a great photo. Yeah, Ryan McCarthy got a good one. I saw I saw a bunch of people around us because like Coach and I hugged. Because we So what happened is <clears throat> that exact moment, I remember it like – we had won. We were walking around the field. Coach had just done a prayer with both teams. And um, Carolina just lost. Like, that was like Carolina went final, that they lost. And then we're, we're like sitting there. So we're like, oh, my God, we're the one seed again. Like, we're in charge of this thing. <clears throat> so we were all celebrating. Like, there's hugs all around for everybody. Um, you know, because the this year's fan jersey has 22 on it because the year 2022. But so does Dwayne Hollis's jersey is 22. So I was calling him Little Hollis, and he's calling me Big Hollis. So like, like it's Hollis Island for him, and it's Hollis Continent for me. Um, so I was like, I was like Little Hollis, good game, and he's like Big Hollis. He gave me a big hug. Like it was fun, but that was that's a great pick. It's an awesome pick, and I love the Hollis Continent. I told him that right before he left. He was cracking up, man. Dwayne Hollis is nonstop. There is no he's the off best. button. He's with like him. he's so funny. He's so quiet when you first first meet him that you're like, oh, this guy's kind of shy or whatever. And then three seconds in, he's dancing. <laughs> he had a Ben Radar moment. Did he tell you about that in the office? No, he was no. getting ready for the game and he started chatting up with him. And the person, I think it was like just with like a live on look. I don't even know who this person was. I think it was live on location. They must have just worked their first game. He had an orange polo on. And he looked just like somebody else who worked. He looks like Eric who does the stats. And he just like, Dwayne House is like, he just <laughs> around like, wait, I've never met you before. Are you sure? You don't look like that guy over there. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. well we do it all the time because you know i say it all the time and now like i don't know if he always said it or if he started saying it because i said it, but like white people all look alike and uh so like he says it and then like he'll look at me when he says it now and i'm like damn right freaking white people it's hard to pick them apart i'm looking at the computer right now it's like two of the same dudes <laughs> we, get, we get confused a lot for each other it's right we that's, do oh LeVac and Goss. no no it's just one yeah. of us it's just, just one, one person just, i know i put on some a, pounds that's right just one person <laughs> Six Yankees in the All-Star game tonight. Four Mets in the All-Star game tonight. So we've got... Losers! <laughs> we win again! Judge is in the starting lineup. Stanton's in the starting lineup. Cole's not going to pitch. Yeah. Clay Holmes is in it. Nestor Cortez is in it. And Trevino is in it. So six six Yankees and then uh, awesome. four for the Mets. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and it reminds me again, like as we were approaching the, this season, um, the Yankees were just getting like just flamed because they didn't make a lot of moves and whatever. And one of our um, baseball experts kept saying, hey, this Yankees team is very good. This roster is very, very good. It doesn't need to make moves. It's already a great roster. And we just kept saying, like, this guy's super smart. This guy knows more about baseball than everyone else. And, it, you know, when you see six guys make the team from this roster, it just kind of tells you that our insider who said that this, this roster was good enough to be one of the best teams in baseball, he was just dialed in. Was that you? Was that who that was? You know, you know what it was. You know what? I'm glad you. I'm glad you remember. I couldn't remember who said it. I just remember it. I just remember it too. 
Man, I really like the American League All-Star jerseys. I might have to at least get a shirt. Judge is a huge human being. He's on the set of MLB. Oh, ESPN right now. He's is on he the next set. to Kirchin and Passon? Is that why he looks even bigger? No, um, no, none of those dudes. Like oh. we're talking like like actual like former players and stuff. He's just towering over them. I can't the remember uniform. anyone's name. Eduardo Perez, maybe something like that. I don't know. Whatever. The uniforms are awesome. The warm up gear looks really good. Uh, I kind of want to. I want like a 10-8 final. I want like yeah, monster yeah, something home exciting, runs. something exciting. Sometimes we get like, like, a like let the two. starters yeah. do work. Let the starters strike out a bunch of people. Let the middle guys get just shelled, and then let the closers come in and just handle business. And then so we that, like a three-hour just high-scoring game, but no more than three hours. How about if it goes to extras? Do you want to see the home run derby extras? Yes. Yeah, I'm in. I want to see it. I want to see it. The, the home run derby extras. There are certain things that happen in sports. I was thinking about this when I heard the news that it was going to be a home run derby to finish it, that you kind of look back in history and be like, why didn't we do that before? You know, right, like right. back in Milwaukee, when Bud Selig had all the heat about the all-star game ending in a tie, why didn't somebody just walk in the field and be like, home run derby? Oh, it's an no, awesome idea. You know, you know, you know why. Get off my lawn. You know, that's not how you finish a baseball game. Back in my day, you played 73 innings and you were grateful. You didn't. You didn't sit there and cry about it. Sure, you died from heat exhaustion and a lack of nutrition, but you were grateful. And you came back the next day as a zombie and you played 37 more innings. And you were grateful. As, yeah. bad as, as bad as the old get off my lawn baseball guys, there is some positives of technology and social media. Like sports yeah. have improved. The Elam ending right. in basketball, even though it can be a little weird, like, it's way better than just constantly fouling down seven. Like playing yeah. for a score is pretty cool. Uh, this is really cool in baseball. Not as far as like the Valley Cats. I think it was last year. Did this to like every extra inning game. And it like just for like the exhibitions, this is fine. Football. See how, well, this is your chance to see it. Like this is your chance to see it. If you see it in this and it's just putrid, then don't do it. But if you see it in this and everybody goes, you know, I kind of dig it. Because I got to be clear with you, I'd much rather see this than just throwing a runner at second. I would much rather see this, like, that because the runner at second just is everything that's wrong with Major League Baseball right now. And I'll go get off my lawn if I have to. If you're going to do beer league softball rules, put the fucking keg at second base. Otherwise, <laughs> just stop it. Because that's like, and you know what? When he gets there, make him do a shot and, and chug a beer. Make them drink a Boilermaker. Like, if you're going to do that, do it. If you're going to just completely just screw the whole rules, do it. It feels a little penalty kicks in soccer, shootout in hockey, but those are kind of cool. Like, they're kind of cool. Look, can you imagine if, like, the new hockey rule was, you know, all right, so we're going to start the puck right on the blue line, and your goalie has to play, like, opposite hand. Like, that's kind of what putting a guy in second base is. Yes. Like, it's it's like, let's put you in, in a very precarious position before the game, before the inning even starts. Like, no, let's let's do shootouts. Let's just go. All right, let's see what the home run derby looks like. I, I don't know that the home run derby is the way to end extra inning games. I definitely don't think it's after nine innings in a regular season game. Like, is it 11? Is it 10? Is it 12? And then you let the home run derby happen? Or... Is it a terrible idea? And don't do that either. But at least I've seen it now. But at least in those sports, it's a skill set that's being proven. 
You know, like right. like you just said, like when it starts getting all turning to the actual sport you're playing, because football sort of has a problem with this, like going up through all those things we just went through. And this is both college and pro. So college had the overtime where we alternated possessions and then you had to go for right. two. But now that's stopped because it's like you just got to make a pl- I still don't feel like the college football overtime is quite right, but also having seven and eight overtime games isn't right either. I don't know if they no. figured out the perfect formula for that yet. Uh, in the NFL, I feel like a few months ago you were pro both teams having a possession. I'm like, you have an opportunity yeah. to get like four quarters to get it done. Like you should just stop them. But now hearing about this out loud, I'm like, doesn't it go against the guys? You just said like, it should play to the skill set and positions. Like that makes no sense. Never in football. does one team only get to touch the ball once. It's not the sport you play. Right now I'm well, arguing with myself and I feel like I was wrong to begin with months ago. <laughs> well, it, but it, it's also hard. Like, like let's, let's be clear. You're looking for the best bad answer. Because the best answer is finish it in regulation. That's the best answer. Like, oh, regulation's over. Oh, so is the game. All right. The best bad answer is how do I do this where I can get to a resolution before these guys are put in a position where they're they're in more jeopardy than they are in a normal game, where fans are still interested, where I'm not screwing up the cable, you know, rundown for the rest of the day. Well, I still think giving the guys a chance to catch their breath. In football was the real answer, not not screwing with the entire thing. However, whatever, I don't care. Home run derby, I don't know, could suck, could be terrible. I could see it tonight and be like, this is stupid, I hate it, don't do it. Or I could see it tonight and go, rock and roll, this is what I want. But I know I don't want the runner a second. I know I don't want that. I don't need I don't need to hear any more about that to know that that's crap. Done. Let's yeah. stop that nonsense, yeah, please. Uh, if you're sweating, if it's hot outside, you need a new AC unit. The new AC unit, get those AC supplies, those things you need for the next few months at Johnstone Supply in Troy at 6th Avenue in Troy. Stop into their store, get those tools that you need with those competitive prices. Say what's up to George and Tom and Kevin James and everybody over there. It always feels like Kevin and James when I say that combined every single time. Kevin James. Uh, 518-272-5922. 518-272-5922 is the number. 6th Avenue in Troy, Johnstone Supply in Troy. Stop in, get those AC units, Douglas Fujitsu splits, and more. Johnstone Supply in Troy, not sponsor of Acting Guys. I always feel like Fujitsu is a swear word. Like it's something I would say if I stubbed my toe. Like, you're just, oh, Fujitsu! Oh, that hurt! Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels. <laughs> Like food, you, I'm convinced Fujitsu is like, is like the Japanese way of saying "God damn it." Like I just, you know, I don't, I don't actually say the Lord's name very often. Uh, name of it, I just that was, that's all I can think of. Like, how it's presented, how it's enunciated, yeah. does right. sound like that. Like every word that's German too. Like you lose a bet. Like you, you're at the track and your horse loses by a nose. Fujitsu. Mm. Fujitsu. It's a great horse name though too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like my graphic I made about the Tampa Bay Buccaneer <laughs> running back, formerly known as Leonard Fournette? Lard Ard Fatnet. <laughs> Turtful is what it is. That's better than James. Yeah, oh, that's better than James Olive Harden, by the way. That's a way better fat nickname for a fat athlete. Did you see the uh the back and forth where they're like, Yeah, well, he weighed, you know, 225 last year. He's like, No, I weighed 240. And they're like, he doesn't dispute the fact he's over 260 right now. He's just like, nah, I'm fat, but I was I'm not I was never as skinny as you say I was. Who got him? It was it our pal Rick Stroud? Because no, Rick Stroud was the one who reported the, 225. So it might have been Stroud. I just I remember somebody showing it to me yesterday. And I was just like, that's funny. Like I the the biggest problem I have with, with the Leonard Fournette fat shaming. That's not what it is. 
is, is Leonard Fournette. He was your favorite player for years. Leonard you're turn on Leonard Buffet is what my was okay, what Daniel my, on my, Twitter. Yeah, my uh, my my cousin wants to call him. Um, I, I the the problem I have with it is not even the fat shaming of Leonard Fournette. It's the shrapnel that poor Eddie Lacy's getting. Eddie, Eddie Cheeseburger Lacy, right? Yeah, because he's the last like fat running back everybody's thinking of, where he would show up way overweight. I'm like, this poor guy's just sitting around, probably eating a cheeseburger, chilling the f out, and then he's just like, "Why am I trending? Oh, this is cool, <gasps> son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm gonna go eat my feelings." It's called catching a stray. That's what yeah, that's called. Right, catching a stray. Right. Eddie Lacy is like, man, guys. Like the worst part about the Eddie Lacy thing too is that like it was always a picture with Eddie Lacy. Leonard Fournette right. showed up fat to camp, and people are just like, "Oh, Leonard Fournette put on a bunch of weight." They waited for Eddie Lacy to catch a pass and was sideways, so they could always yeah. get like his gut hanging oh, out. Side profile, yeah. Oh. Eddie Cheeseburger Lacy, that was his name for a long, long time, and it's uh, it's sad that him and and uh, Len Whale White. Um, I mean, there was a lot. There's a lot of fat you running back backs. to Lard. You could have gone back to Lardell White if you wanted for that one. Yeah, too. yeah. The, you know, the, don't forget when you go to quarterback, the Pillsbury throw boy, God rest his soul, the hefty lefty himself, Jared Lorenzen. Right, um, yeah, I just uh, this is every camp, Levesque, every single year. Right. This is a storyline because nothing else. Look, you and I have covered a bunch of camps. There are some days where I love football. You love football. It is boring. Like, it's just practice. Like, there's not much happening unless you get to the one on ones or a scrimmage. And there are times for the one-on-one period where it really is intense and it's so cool to watch because guys are fighting for roster spots and that stuff is the best stuff you get at camp. Really cool. There are other days where there is nothing else to report besides besides how fat somebody got. Like that was Tony Romo. They used to hang on Tony yeah. Romo when you're well, Baker Romo Mayfield. Get it all Baker the Mayfield. Time. Baker got it all the time. I like, and that's the thing. The guy too, backed like, in for the Jets. Yeah. Well, I mean, backed in is like 400 freaking pounds, though. I mean, he's a big dude. He's a big, big, but that's part of who he is. You know, um, I don't, it's, it, it's just, it's just as a fad guy, I think it's funny. I really do. But it, if, if, if Leonard Fournette's showing up to camp 30 pounds over, 20 pounds over, it's going to be a story. You know, it's going to be a story. And like, it's, you're an athlete. You, you're famous because you can do something physically that the rest of us can't do. So it's going to happen. I, again, I just feel my poor Eddie Lacy just sitting around going, oh, "Thank God I don't have to show up to camp in the tight clothes, compression gear, and whatever." And it's like, "Oh, really? Come on! Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm over here relaxing, eating. Yeah, leave me alone. Maybe, maybe, you know, like doing some crunches. The reason I'm crunch wraps. You know, I love Fortnite, like you said, because I watched him play, and he would have set the NCAA single game rushing record for anybody. I saw him play the carry dome. He got called back for three whole three touchdowns, not one, not two. Three touchdowns got called back for holdings in that game against Syracuse. And he would have ran for over 400 yards. Like, I know I talk about the Lamar Jackson game. Fournette's game would have been better in the carrier dome if his offensive line decided not to tackle guys on Syracuse. But the problem with Fournette, and this goes back to even like when he was a huge high school recruit, when he doesn't want to do something, he really doesn't want to do something. That final year at LSU, when everyone knew he was going to be a top 10 pick, I believe it's, I believe he was the one before McCaffrey. He might have been the first one to set the sit out of the bowl game trend because he sat out of that last game and he sat out a few games at LSU. Clowney did that too, where they were the first Clowney ones. Was, where was like, Clowney was the first. Clowney mm-hmm. was the first. And then, and then, yeah, Leonard Fournette. 
But Leonard Fournette did the same year as a couple other guys. So he didn't yep. get as much grief as everybody else did. But yeah, he, he just he just got paid too. So like that's yeah. the other thing. He yeah. just got a three year contract right. and they got fat. Right. right. Well again, you're you're a physical specimen. Like you're thank you. You're not you personally. You you look a lot like like hit Leonard Fournette now. Um <laughs> Eddie Lacey's laughing at you. Um but no, they like, don't put you on TV, guys. That's what they do. Like I was saying, like that's that's what you are. Like you're a physical beast. Like what you're known for is your physical ability. You may be a poet, an artist. You may, you know, be a politician in the future. You're famous right now because you run the football. That's what you're famous for. So yeah, you show up fat, people are going to notice. It's going to happen, and you, you deal with it. Like that's part of it. Like, like you know, uh, body positivity, all that fun stuff, whatever. No, dude. I just paid you a three-year deal, and you're showing up fat. Damn sure you're damn skippy. I'm calling Rick Stroud and whoever else will listen, and making sure they know that I'm not happy. You 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 know you're doing more crunch wraps than crunches. I could go for a crunch wrap right now. I know, right? Thank our God, guy Tom, athletes. our guy Tom from Johnstone Road, and don't forget about the John Goodman AC units. Not during this conversation because John Goodman's skinny now, unlike Lardard Fat Net. John, yeah, well, all the weight that Goodman lost. Leonard Fournette found. That's what happened. Now we know. <laughs> Knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. A lot of these, a lot of these places that are creating content were very smart this week about when to put it out because they know the big breaks coming here in sports. I have two right. places that have put that content out. I want to tell you about, but first, Lillian David Fine Jewelers, Route 50, Shops of Wilton. Stop in five-year anniversary proposing to my wonderful wife, then girlfriend, then fiance, now wife. Have it at Lily and David Fine Jewelers. Guys, if you're looking to make that move this summer or maybe up this coming this fall, the engagement ring, Lily and David Fine Jewelers, family owned and operated business. Shout out to Alyssa, shout out to David and everybody over there that can help you make that big purchase. Now, maybe you're celebrating an anniversary, a birthday, something else. They got you covered. Route 50, the shops of Wilt. Check out their new store. The selection is awesome. I kept saying I was going to stop in the last two weeks. Of course, I didn't. I was a little busy, but at some point in July, I will. Hello, Alyssa. I'll be coming back soon. <laughs> Hello, Alyssa. Lily and David find you. There's Route 50, Shops of Wilton. We stop in. Tell me you heard about it. I'm right here on Levac and Gas. Yes. Uh, let's start Levesque with the Jeter thing. Let's start with the Derek Jeter doc. Yes. You said you got halfway through episode. Yeah. One. Yeah. I was. I started watching it last night. It was late. I was tired. I had a meeting early this morning. Um, it's, you know, it's content Tuesday for me. I was at the uh, I was at the mall with my boys, Mac and Jack, for Tyke Tuesdays over at Crossgates. Then the coaches show. Now I'm here. Um, I felt like it was pretty homo- homogenized early. Like I, it, it made me feel good as a Yankee fan watching him talk about, you know, Dave Winfield and showing all the pictures of his kid growing up wearing the Yankee gear. It felt good. I just didn't feel like there's anything in there that made me go like, I need to power through and stay awake and watch this whole thing. So I'll, I'm going to try and watch the rest of it tonight. But right as of this moment, I'm like, eh, okay. Here's what I'll say about the Jeter doc. I'm glad you said that is what went through your mind because i've seen some of the criticism of the jeter doc not so much of the content but like from the last 24 hours and some people are like oh it was on so late i couldn't watch it guys it is 2022 you can yeah. dvr it it's on well, demand it's on, it on espn plus yeah it was on espn plus like right away you can like watch it whenever you right. want what is this complaining right. about it's on too late i didn't get a chance to watch it last night i'm gonna watch it i just didn't you know i watched some of it and i was like yeah i can go to bed Here's what I'll say, because I was a little bit of a critic of this, having this conversation with you, but like, what's Jeter going to offer? What's he going to say? And it's part one of seven. 
Mm-hmm. Here's what I need to remember, and I think we all need to remember about the last dance because it's going to be compared to the last dance, whether we like it or not. The last dance was about the was about the '90s Bulls, like the 1998 Chicago Bulls. But what we learned about the last dance is it jumps backwards and forwards. So like you learn about like the mid '80s Bulls and then the late '80s Bulls and then the early '90s Bulls, and you learn about Rodman and Pippen, even though it was presented as the Michael Jordan doc and the 98 bulls it wasn't about like just that there were so many different storylines that we learn about through that best compliment i can give yankee fans if you don't find the story of Derek jeter compelling like if you feel like you've learned everything you need to know about Derek jeter and maybe you'll get a few cool stories never heard before remember this is going to be about the yankees so like if you're a yankee fan you're going to get behind the scenes stories of like the mid yankees like levac you love donnie baseball that's your guy yeah there are some awesome Don Mattingly stories that are coming up. So that is the best, I guess, put it over thing I can say about it is that remember, it's just not about Jeter. There's so many more things involved in this, the captain documentary that people are really going to like. I found myself really enjoying it last night. I went in with a very, I don't know what I think about it attitude. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. That doesn't get you as excited. I thought I sold it yeah, for you there. I, no. okay. Like I said, I, I really wanted, like, like you said, it's I, I, I enjoy the fact that it's going to be a fun trip down memory lane and cool stuff like that. But how much am I going to like? I'm not going to learn. You're not going to learn about Jeter, which is what we all really want, you know. Uh, I will, I will hold your judgment on that until you finish it. We'll see if we have the all same right. attitude once you finish it. Uh, and also, Netflix today has released a trailer. I always want to call him Monte, like the fish, Monte Teow. I always say his first name wrong. I feel like even saying it right there didn't sound Manti because Manti is the fish. We'll go with Manti. Manti Teo, uh, his documentary about the catfishing situation that happened back when he was the Notre Dame football player, Lene Cuca and all of that. ESPN had ran a feature during COVID about this and Teow refused to be in it. And at the end of the doc, they wrote, Tay, I was working on a project with Netflix, a.k.a. They paid me. You didn't. I'll be doing it my way. <laughs> uh, that's going to drop August 16th. Yeah. Do you find any interest in reliving that story involving Tayao and Cuca yeah, and everything a, else that happened? That's a that's a that's a car crash. Yeah, I'm in on that one. I'm definitely in on that one. Um, everybody's trying to call me all of a sudden. Don't they know I'm busy on Tuesday nights? Come on now. It's content, content Tuesday. Tuesday. Come on. Um. <clears throat> No, I'm I'm definitely in on that one. But again, I I think I'd be more in on the Jeter one if I thought if somebody else made it besides Jeter, like like somebody who's like a neutral party. I don't know, like Spike. If it was a Spike Lee joint, I'd probably be all in on it. But um, no, I, I, the the Manti Teo one is such a train wreck. That's such. I would love. I I like. I don't think there's any way I watch that and don't come away from it feeling sorry for Manti Teo. I think I'm just gonna be like, oh, you sap. Oh, you poor son of a god. Like, you you poor thing. There's two lessons to be learned from the Tao thing. First is just, like, sports journalism and sports media to begin with. The fact that nobody ever followed up on those stories besides Deadspin. And Deadspin basically went out in a blaze of glory. Like, Deadspin is completely irrelevant now besides trying to chase down Dave Portnoy for clicks and just posting anything they get clicks on now after the Hulk Hogan. But this was Deadspin's moment in the sun. That and the dirty stuff they did to Sean Salisbury. But uh, this was their moment, and they nailed it because they actually followed up and tracked it all down. So there's a lesson we learned about sports journalism. But that story, like, 
if you're like 22 or 24, I don't know if people understand how big of a deal that was that the face of Notre Dame football, who almost won the Heisman Trophy with an undefeated, like the whole season. And Gene Wojciechowski and others, like they based the whole thing around those two people. The grandmother did die. The girlfriend who, by the way, Ronea Tutuyapasopa. I like how I say Ronea Tutuyapasopa. Nail it. Mate Teo. I struggle with every single time. Well, you create you create a mental barrier. Like yeah. it's like once you mess once you mess one up one time, it's like it's just there. Tutuyapasopo has now undergone a uh, gender procedure where now Ronea is going by she. So it's a completely different person now who's catfished Manti Teo. And now it's actually it could be his girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know, man. Caster to hit that. I can't wait to watch it. I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be an awesome story. I can't wait. Yeah, I um, I think yeah, that's pretty compelling. I'm in on that. Like, I feel bad that I'm in on it, but I did watch the Tinder Swindler and a couple of the other ones that are terrible too. So why wouldn't I watch this bubblegum nonsense that's gonna be going on? You know, lock me in. Did I miss any of the other? I know there's some other thirty for thirties out there. I know they have one about streetball and a bunch of other all that stuff. But like, those are the yeah, two I'm that I'm locked about. in for. Yeah, hey, I mean, like you said, I'm gonna watch the Jeter one. I just it's. I, maybe if it was maybe if it was out of season, I'd be more into it. I just I don't I don't think it can. You know, I wasn't even that into the Last Dance. I thought that was gonna be too long for that, and I ended up liking it. Obviously, obviously, but like even today, like I'm driving around knowing that I haven't seen it all yet, and I'm like, okay, I gotta get from here to here, or whatever. I'm flipping through the sports channels. I hear Colin Cowherd talking about Jeter's thing, and I hear Barton Hahn talking about Jeter's thing, and I'm just like crap it's gonna be one of those things where whether i want to see it or not i'm gonna hear about it like i'm not gonna like i would love this to wait and just binge it in a weekend and i can't do that because i'll I'll hear all about it before i get a chance to watch any of it you didn't finish the oj one made in america i don't care about that i I lived that i know what happened oj killed his his ex-wife and and you know a waiter slash possible lover and then got away with it in you know in legal court and then you know civil got got popped and continues to rub it in everybody's face. And I know that one. I don't need I don't need to relieve. I don't need to relive OJ. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry. If you don't know by now, OJ's a terrible, terrible excuse for a human being. He's a steaming pile of horseshit. I would say over the last 12 months, not counting 30 for 30, so not counting sports docs. King Richard about the Will Smith. I know the movie in itself has been lost because of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock and everything in his performance, but that movie, and then have you seen Hustle? By Adam Sandler? I've been meaning to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, no. It's great. Yeah, it's that's what everybody really says. really good. Really good. Says. It's a great stretcher like for sports movies. I serious Adam Sandler movies. I like, you know, come on. I think, I think you'd enjoy Hustle. Yeah, probably. But I'm probably going to watch the whole time going, be funny. Like that, that thing where it pokes things with a stick. Do something. Be funny. Just be funny. You get enough, you get enough Sandler to whet your appetite. That's yeah, you made weird. me watch that Huey Halloween crap. Huey Halloween. Like now you're gonna give me these serious shows? Stop it. Be funny. How dare you? I got QA to end the day here. Let's go back to All our right. guy Cam. All right. Well, you Cam. guys be watching the All-Star game tonight. I know I will. Was happy when Soto won the home run derby. No, I don't know. Probably gonna watch Jeter. <laughs> I'm gonna Here's watch the- until Judge leaves the game. That's what I'm that's how long I'm gonna watch. I will try to listen to it or watch on my phone. I'll be traveling tonight. But uh, here's my advice from the home run brief from last night. And I think everybody needs to sit down and think about this. And Cam, I don't think you're one of these people, but 
if you're betting on the home run derby, I have concerns for you. Like it used to always be NFL preseason pre Levac for our visual audience can see this. Our audio audience Levac is looking around. Clearly he wagered on the home run derby last night. Our guy guns and others are complaining about Schwarber's numbers and the over unders do not bet on the home run derby ever again. It's like preseason football. Stop it. You can take a night off. I'm guessing he didn't win. No, I don't know. I don't know why you think I bet on it. Let's go American league. Yeah. Ryan wrote in. I was trying to get in that hug, Levac, but caught that instead. I think that moment. Oh, for when, yeah, that. yeah. Coach and I, we were hugged, and then and then we were talking, and then he got that. It was good, yeah. And then like, there's a hug with with uh, Mike and I that I think Rob Simmons, our 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 team photographer, has that he's going to use for blackmail money at some point. Um, yeah, it was a good time. It was good. It was a good. It was a good moment. It was a good moment in Empire in the Empire. One other love here for Ryan, too. That's when Deadspin actually did journalism, not clickbait, which only appeals to insufferable elites. I never, I've never been a Deadspin guy, ever. I just never got into him. I didn't you believe know, in him, man. You know who loved Deadspin? I don't even know if you remember this. You know who loved Deadspin? Oh, Wolf. Oh, of course he did. Of course he did. Wolf he would come in. Stuff. Wolf would come in, and it was very old school radio, old school sports. Any type of media, because radio used to just any pop culture, because he's coming with the newspaper. So yeah. he would come in with the newspaper, but Wolf would print stuff off the printer, and yeah. every day he'd go to Deadspin. Certain <laughs> God, every single day he'd have a stack of like six to eight. It's like, guys, what do you think about the stuff on Deadspin today? I'm like, Wolf, I haven't looked at that in years. <laughs> when he I was um, Zika virus, he loved it all. When he was in his um, absolute heyday, oh. like Wolf and Mulrooney on picks. I'd come in as an intern and he had a, like a, like a scalpel and he was cut, he would cut the newspaper articles out that he wanted to use. And he'd have a stack of them. They would bring into the studio with him and stuff in the morning. And it was great. I mean, he did, he did an amazing job. Like he, people trusted him. Like even almost when they like knew he was being a dick, it was hysterical. Like he, he gave away a Toyota one year, a toy Yoda. <laughs> And people were pissed. They were like, we thought it was a car. He's like, I told you it was a Toyota. It was, you know, it was a Yoda toy. And then um, so good. they did, uh, he went on the air and said that the uh, the New York State was passing a law that you couldn't smoke within 15 feet of a tree because it was bad for trees. Oh, yeah. He, he told me about that one. Oh, my God. People were calling <laughs> freaking out. They were so angry. Um, the Latin Kings, which is a, a band. I don't know if they're still playing around here. He was very close with them. They came in and did an entire show on April Fool's Day in Spanish. And everybody believed that that picks had flipped to a Spanish-speaking station to the point where some rednecks in a pickup truck pulled down the road to the station, hung a sheet in the tree that was spray-painted red, get the spicks off of picks. That's, yeah. There was times, like, he would do stuff like that. I was like, dude, people trust you too much, and it's going to get some of us killed. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, and I mean, we're talking about what, 98. We're not talking about, you know, 78. We're talking about 98 that, that was going on. So, but it was, I mean, how he went to war with um, Allentown, a couple of different things. The city? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He'd like pick an area and he'd just, he'd just say terrible things about them. I mean, whatever rumor they had out there, he would go after them. So I'd be out doing events and people would like come and, you with that wolf? It's like, oh no, here we go. All right. All right. Are we fighting or are we drinking? What are we doing? 
I feel like it's a great way to end today's show. Uh, you and I are back. Free game show on Saturday, 3.30 to 5. Kickoff set for 7 o'clock. Get your tickets now. AlbanyMIRNAL.com. Yeah. I do want to say, um, yes. shameless plug, tomorrow, 4 to 6, going to be over at Animal Lovers. It's the East Greenbush Pet Smart. Uh, we're helping them get some uh, amazing uh, animals adopted. And uh, if you don't come adopt them, I'm probably going to take a bunch of them home. So uh, four to six animal lovers. It's in the PetSmart in East Greenbush. We're going to be there. Mac and Jack, a bunch of the empresses. The Empire's going to be there to help out, try to get some of these animals adopted. Um, we've decided that we're going to strike while the iron's hot. While we're playing the best football, uh, we're going to get out and try to do the most good for the community. So that's one of the things we're going to do this week is uh, we're animal lovers. East Greenbush, four to six tomorrow. Come by, say hello, make some donations, uh, donate, uh, you know, needed pet items, and we'll give you tickets. Just very cool, out. man. That's crazy. very cool. Yeah, great stuff for you guys. Cool. Yeah. All right. You ready for some advice? Yes. Yeah, me too. I don't have any for you though, so I guess that's just going to be it today. 